Amen. We appreciate you for your giving. Thank you for what you do, how you do it. Thank you very much. Let's uh, bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, I'm praying that you would just bless the congregation. God bless those in the building as well as those online. God bless me as uh, I begin to minister this word. God, think through my mind, speak through my mouth. Anoint me, God, in an unusual way. Give me strength, God, and clarity, as well as illuminate the heart's and the ears of your listeners, that they may hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, let us be eternally touched and blessed, and let no one's coming be in vain. And God, I ask that you move up and down every aisle, in and out, every row. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say, Amen. Come on, with your Bibles in your hands, or however you're going to connect with the Word of God. I often just use my phone, so I'll just hold my phone up. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our Creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me this word. Amen. Come on. All right, we're going to just give you the title right off the bat. And so I'm going to have them flash up. It's Hills and Valley. Somebody said to me, say Hills. And valleys. I'm actually not even going to make sense of that until way later in the message. I'm going to go around about to get to it. But I'm going to give you one thing that I think is, is important. And then we're just going to go on seemingly a long tra rabbit trail. And then we'll come back to it toward the end. So let me uh, put this up or have them put this up. As nouns, the difference between... Hill and valley is that hill is an elevated location, smaller than a mountain, while valley is an elongated depression between hills or mountains, often with a river flowing through it. Uh, I'm going to just point out two things. Num number one, we don't see m many mountains in this space that we are in. Uh, we see more hills, and anybody run the McCullough Park Hill, that's a hill. But there's also valley. So hill is an elevated place, but it says a valley is an elongated depression, but often with a river running through it. All right, we're going to go way, way away from that. We'll come back to it quite a bit later. Let's Look at 1 Kings 20 and 1, starting with Mother Mitchell helping us read. Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his army together. Thirty-two kings were with him, and horses and chariots. And he went up and closed in on Samaria and fought against it. Just some, some quick background for you. When uh, After Solomon's, uh went off the scene, and he kind of messed up, he didn't do what he needed to do, then there came two kingdoms that showed up. It was the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. So at a certain point in Kings, 
you will see that they start saying Israel and Judah, but it's not the same. Judah was the southern kingdom. Israel was the northern kingdom. Judah's capital was Jerusalem. Israel's capital was Samaria. So now we're talking about the kingdom of Israel, and the kingdom of Israel had a king named Ahab. And so this is the time of Ahab, and in this time, there was an enemy that comes to attack Israel, and now we're going to read. It was, a, it was an enemy from Syria. Let's read verse 2. And he sent messengers into the city to Ahab, king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad. Verse 3. Your silver and your gold are mine. Your best wives and children also are mine. Verse 4. And the king of Israel answered, As you say, my lord, O king, I am yours and all that I have. One of the things we know from scripture is that Ahab was one of the weakest, wishy-washiest king in scripture. He, he was ruled by his wife Jezebel. He was uh, what my dad would call a jellyback man. And so the moment the enemy came to him and said, I'm getting ready to take all you got, Ahab said, I'm yours. Didn't put up no fight at all. Let's put up this very first point. Giving in to the devil's demands never solves the problem. Because the devil is greedy. And if you give him an inch, he wants a whole mile. You give him an inch, he wants a marathon. So you have to make up in your mind, you cannot be like Ahab when the enemy attacks, which he will. And if you have not figured that out, I don't know what century you're living in. The devil is attacking everything, not just God's people. He's attacking everything. But if you give in, it never solves the problem. Let's continue to read. Let's look at verse 5. The messengers came again and said, Thus says Benadad, I sent to you, saying, Deliver to me your silver and your gold, your wives and your children. All right, verse 6. But about this time tomorrow, I'm going to send my officials to search your palace and the houses of your officials. They will seize everything you value and carry it away. Now, first of all, I want your wives and your children. And Ahab is like, all right. And then he said, now I'm coming back to your palace and I'm taking everything else you got. So let's look at verse 8. We're dropping down from 6 to 8. The elders and the people all answered, don't listen to him or agree to his demands. All right, here's, here's the next point I want to put up. Strong people are needed when a weak leader is present. Amen. He had already gave up the women and the children. It seemed like that'd be the first thing you'd want to protect. Yes. But he was like, look, just take, take, take it all. I guess if your wife was as crazy as Jezebel, you say take it too. But he just, he just gave up. But the people, between verse 6 and 8, which I didn't go through, he consulted the people. And the people basically said, enough is enough. I'm here to let you know what we have seen in the last few years is a amalgamation of weak leadership from politics all the way down to the pulpit, weak leadership. But there's no excuse. The people have to stand up when there's a weak leader and say enough is enough. All right, let's continue to read. Let's look at verse nine. 
So he replied to Ben-Hadad's messengers, Tell my lord the king, your servant will do all you demanded the first time, but this demand I cannot meet. They left and took the answer back to Ben-Hadad. So Ahab finally, propped by the people, stood up and said, This is one demand I just can't get with. I, 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 I've gone through a lot. Listen, I, I, I had COVID two, three times. I, I've been unemployed. I've been this. I've been that. But I ain't getting no divorce. Now, now the devil is a lie. I done went through too much. I done grieved too much. But there's something. I'm putting my foot down. All right, let's look at, let's look at verse 12. Ben-Hadad heard this message while he and the kings were drinking in their tents. And he ordered his men, prepare to attack. So they prepared to attack the city. Now, just because you put your foot down, don't mean that's going to make the enemy back up. Oftentimes, that makes him increase his pressure against you. The moment you come to the altar and you feel good and shake all over, you think your problems are over, that's usually the time where all hell breaks loose in your life. And I don't want you to be scared because you, 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 you put your foot down because that's usually going to invite more pressure. All right, let's put this point up. Arrogant enemies don't like when you stand up to them, but you can't keep backing down to a bully. At some point, you got to realize if I'm ever going to make it, I've got to bully the one that's bullying me. And this is what I need you to understand. The devil has been on your case. He's been on your trail. He's been in your face. He's been in your family. He's been in your money. He's been in your, your health. He's been in your mind. But at some point, you've got to fight back. At some point, you got to get some gumption. And I'm not just talking about coming to church. Coming to church is not enough. You got to get, dig your heels in and you got to face the bully. You got to talk to the bully. You got to tell the devil, devil, you a liar. I plead the blood of Jesus. I ain't going out like this. I'm not dying like this. I'm not falling like this. If you're going to fight me, you picked the wrong one, baby. You picked the wrong one. I'm tired of my lunch money being taken. I'm tired of my kids going to jail. I'm tired of my loved ones dying. I'm tired of this. I'm tired. This Christian life would be easy if it was all the bed of roses, but we are in the fight of our life. Now, last week, I wore my army fatigues. We preached on Pentecost. We anointed cloths, and I had one of the worst weeks I had in a long time. What could go wrong, went wrong. End up getting sick, missing a couple of days of work, just feeling bad. And I hear I'm, I'm praying for, for healing, miracles, deliverance, financial breakthrough, and I ain't getting none of it last week. But guess what? I still got this week. I still got the next week. I still got the next week. As long as I'm still breathing, I still got a chance. Devil, you're not going to buffalo me. You're not going to push me over. I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep fighting back. You picked the wrong one. Really, you picked the right one. You got the right fella. Because I ain't got no quit in me. I don't got no give up in me. I'm about to bully the bully. Reminds me of my dad telling the story of him being in the army. And he talks about a big, strong, black fella named Kent. And Kent was a tough fella. Kent would whoop just about anybody. 
but there was this Italian man, and this Italian man got the gumption to challenge Kent. And my dad said they had just waxed the floors, and so when this happened and this guy challenged Kent, Kent flew off and hit him. Whop! My dad said he hit the Italian man in his face. He fell to the ground and slid across the floor. But the Italian fella got back up and came back after Kent. And Kent hit him again. Boom! My dad said he slid again. But this time his face was all bloody. He got up a third time and hit him again. The fourth time he got up, my dad said Kent had fear in his eyes. And Kent said, get him. Get him. Because what Kent knew, I may be able to knock him down, but I can't keep him down. Because he keeps getting back up. We fall down, but we get up. I'm like the Italian fella. I've been hit all upside my head. But devil, I'm getting back up. I won't stay down. I won't stay in the dumps. I won't stay depressed. I won't stay defeated. I'm getting back up. Because the only way I lose is if I quit. And I don't have no quit in me. And the devil's going to find out about somehow you don't have no quit in you. Now, now, this was interesting. Some of the greatest people I know have the worst stories. And what I mean by that, I mean that you can look at them. They're talented. They're gifted. Everybody knows they're gifted. But stuff just don't work for them. Have you ever seen less gifted people seem to get doors open much quicker than people who really have the talent, really have the gift, really are good, really are godly? I've seen preachers that wasn't worth a dime that could preach to thousands of folk. Sleeping with anybody, woman and man, and still can command five, six thousand people to come hear them preach. And you got another fella that's just really living the best he know how. Got all kinds of revelation and only can get seven people to come listen to him. It don't seem fair. But guess what? The tables are turning. Let me, let me keep on reading. Let's, let's go to verse Kings 20 and 13. Now, but, but before you read it, somebody just say that. Say, that, say my tables, my tables are, turning. are turning. Oh, I said it, but I just felt it in my spirit. I know doors have been closed in your face. I know you've been disappointed. I know you've been overlooked. I know you've been cast down. But the tables are turning. The folk that are in power now are going to be on the bottom. The last shall be first. I, I, I didn't mean to go here. This is not in my notes, but I need just about a few people. Let me see what, what I can do. Where, where's some of those? Uh, l- l- let me get a little Malachi and, and uh, I don't forgot your name right now. Real. Yeah, come, come on. Come on. Come here, Malachi. I need both of y'all. Will y'all, will y'all come up on, on stage for me? I love my little helpers. Yeah. All right. What I want y'all to do, I want y'all to do what I, I want y'all to look like this with me. You see, we all looking this way. Okay, guess, guess who's in front? I'm in front. But all, oh, let's turn, let's turn. Hallelujah. Now, now the last one is in front. The smallest one is in front. The biggest one was in front, but when the tables turn, the smallest one is in front. Go ahead, I'm good. Give me a five, fella. Give me five, girl. You might be the smallest one in your family. You might be the brokest one, but the tables are turning. I'm here to let you, the tables are turning. 
They used to laugh at you. They used to lie on you. But the tables are turning. Things are shifting and they're shifting in your favor. But guess what you got to do? You got to get back up again. Scripture says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up eight. All right, let's go to verse 13. Meanwhile, a prophet came to Ahab, king of Israel, and announced, This is what the Lord says. Do you see this vast army? I will give it into your hand today, and then you will know that I am the Lord. All right, put this point up. God is not trying to prove anything to your enemy. He's trying to prove everything to you. I want you to go back to the verse and read the verse again. Meanwhile, a prophet came to Ahab, king of Israel, and announced, This is what the Lord says. Do you see this vast army? I will give it into your hand today, and then you will know. And then the enemy will know. Is that what it says? And then you will know Uh that I am the Lord. This is not about the enemy to God. It's about you. I want to prove to you, you got more in you than you ever knew. I, I'm allowing the enemy to attack you, not to prove to the enemy that I'm God, but I need to prove to you I'm God. All right, we, 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 we'll read that again, and then we'll go to our next point. So the, the point again is God is not trying to prove anything to your enemy. He's trying to prove everything to you. Next point, this is why you need A prophetic voice in your ear. A voice that keeps declaring victory. It's my assignment in this church to you to be the voice in your ear that keeps declaring victory. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. It's much easier to sing it than it is to live it. But every time you come in here, I don't spend a whole bunch of time talking about all the people that's going to hell and all the weeds you got to start smoking and all the beds you got to get out of. Maybe that's for another ministry. My prophetic assignment is to remind you that victory is available to you. Now, up until the point in this story, there was no prophetic voice, but the prophet said, listen, it's not going to end bad because God wants to prove something to you. All right, let's go to verse uh, 14. But who will do this? Asked Ahab. The prophet replied, this is what the Lord says. The junior officers under the provincial commanders will do it. And who will start the battle, he asked. The proper answer, you will. This is much akin to what I just said about the tables turning. But Ahab wanted to know basically who and how will this come about. And the answer was, it's going to come about with the junior officials. They said, well, who's going to start it? You're going to start it. But it's going to come about from the junior officials. Let me put this point up. The balance of power... We're going to put this point up. The balance of power is shifting from clergy to laity, from pulpit to pew, from the head to the body. Too often, we have put all the emphasis up here. 
But what God wants to do, he wants to use the folk in the pew. The Bible says that he, he, he has called uh, apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists for the equipping of the saints. So the saints can do the work of the ministry. No, no, no longer will it be when you bump into somebody at Aldi and they have a, a, a withered hand that you go and say, let me call my pastor so he can pray for you. But you will have the power to pray for them yourself. Because the balance of power has been out of balance. It's been too much focus on the pew, the, the, on the pulpit, on the pope, on the bishops. But really the work happens out there. And remember, Ahab was a weak leader. God said, I'm going to let you start it, but it's the junior officials. And I'm not just talking about that, but I'm also talking about some young folk going to rise up. Not all our young folk going to get hooked on dope. Not all our young folk going to end up in prison. Not all our young folk going to lose their way in college. God's going to start arresting some of our young people and raising them up to do a work for the Lord. And you old people, don't be mad. Get out the way. You can start it, but the work is going to happen in somebody else. And that's what I love about the older members of our church. The moment my dad handed me the pastorate, I was always told that the old folk going to fight you the most. But the old people in Deliverance Temple, they was my biggest cheerleaders. They, they was with me. They, they gave me strength to move forward. We got to raise up a leadership that is not about the big eyes and little U's, but we're all in this together. I may start it and you may finish it, but at the end of the day, we all get the championship ring. Listen, listening some, uh, about a month ago to a young man who, uh, for those of us who understand basketball, he, he was a very, very good player, and he could start for any team. But one of his coaches said, I think you'll be better coming off the bench, which means you won't be the first five to play. You're going to be called the sixth man. And he ended up winning an award called the Sixth Man of the Year Award, and he won it several times and become one of the most prolific scorers in that place but what he said he had to learn how to do what was best not for him but what was best for the team I, I may be talented enough or anointed enough to be out front but if the team needs me to come from behind I'll come from behind if the team needs me to volunteer, I volunteer. You ain't got to call my name out. I don't need a title. I don't need no anniversary. I don't need nobody doting over me. What God has for me, it is for me. I just want to do what's going to bless the team. So the junior officials, all right, let's, let's read 2019. The junior officers under the provincial commanders marched out of the city with the army behind them. So, so they were in front. The junior officers, officers were in front. The army was behind. Uh, go to the next one. Verse 21. And each one struck down his opponent. At that, the Armenians fled with the Israelites in pursuit. But Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, escaped on horseback with some of his horsemen. Oh, the, bu the bully got to running. 
When, when, when they stood up, the bully had to run, all right? Let's look at verse 21. The king of Israel advanced and overpowered the horses and chariots and inflicted heavy losses on the Arameans. Or Arameans, whatever. It's something. We don't have to know it. (laughs) It's not important to the point. I don't know if any of y'all been reading the Bible. I don't know all them names. I I just know I'm getting the word of God in my spirit. So, wait, wait a second. So we, we, we read verse 2019. We read verse 2020. And we just read 2021. Put that up again. We read 2021. Wait a second. Go to the next verse. What, hold on. What, what year are we in? Oh, okay. Read that. Read that. Afterward, the prophet came to the king of Israel and said, Strengthen your position and see what must be done. Because next spring, the king of Aram will attack you again. Ah, this is what we miss a lot. We get a victory and we think it's over. And this is what 2020 proved to you. The battle ain't over. You may get a victory, but that slew-footed, ugly, back, backwood, I'm trying to make sure I don't say nothing inappropriate, snaggletooth devil, he gonna come back again. That, 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 that thing you got delivered from is coming back again. So, let's put this point up. This will help us. This is a 2022 revelation. Don't start relaxing when you need to be regrouping. I, Pastor, I, I, I finally got off of unemployment. And I got me a good job. And gas prices is so high, I've been working overtime so I can make sure I can uh, make it to, to uh, my job. And I ain't seen them in 8, 12, 11, 10, 9 months. Because when they should be regrouping, they relax. Here's the problem that God has many times when he blesses you with the desire of your heart, you put the desire above him. A lot of y'all, and let me jump on y'all women, y'all love to pray for a man. Who and Jesus is my husband until the man comes. You ain't thinking about Jesus, you ain't thinking about DT, you ain't thinking, all you think about is that man. But don't take what God delivers you from and use it as your idol. You got to know how to regroup. The same God that brought you to this, you're going to need him for the next challenge. Don't get lazy now. Now that was the verse of Kings 2022. So that's your 2022 revelation. Stop relaxing when you need to be regrouping. And I, and I, like I said before, I'm not just talking about church service. You need to be regrouping by yourself at home, not just waiting on the messages that God gives me to give you. You need to be having some messages for yourself, for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, because we are in a war. The worst thing a boxer can do when he wins one round is to go back and forget all that he learned. Because you'll come back and you'll get knocked out. There's people who've been winning every single round and end up getting knocked out. And I know some Christians who are no longer Christians today because they wasn't really paying attention. They wasn't focused. They've been playing the game. But I promise you this is not the season to play the game. Because like I said, that ugly rascal is coming back again. All right. Now, 
I ain't even talked about nothing about what we, I said I was going to talk about. So put up the title one more time. Just to remind him. Go ahead and make it transparent for me real quick. So we were talking about hills and valleys. At least that's what we're supposed to be talking about. And I told you I was going to go around the way, but, but, but there, there is a point to it. Let's, let's go to verse 23. Meanwhile, the officials of the king of Aram advised him, their gods are gods of the hills. That is why they were too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains, surely we will be stronger than they. Mm, read verse 24. Do this. Remove all the kings from their commands and replace them with other officers. Let me summarize it real quick. They, he basically said the only reason why they won is because they was on the hill. And that God is a God of the hill. So what I want you to do is replace all of the previous officers with brand new ones. So guess what? The demons you faced last month, they ain't going to be the demons you're going to face in July. It's going to be a whole new crop. And guess what? They look stronger than they were before. They look nasty and evil than they were before. Don't play with this thing. It's going to be stronger and harder. But let's continue to read. Let's look at verse 25. You must also raise an army like the one you lost. Horse for horse and chariot for chariot. So we can fight Israel on the plains. Then surely we will be stronger than they. He agreed with them and acted accordingly. Everything we lost, we're going to double down and we're coming back harder. Now one scripture talks about when the spirit is cast out, it goes and finds seven more devils worse to come back at you. Let's look at verse 26. The next spring, Ben-Hadad mustered the Arameans and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. He came back just like the prophet said he would. Verse 27. When the Israelites were also mustered and given provisions, they marched out to meet them. The Israelites camped opposite them like two small flocks of goats while the Arameans covered the countryside. Hold on. This time, when they went to face the enemy, the enemy covered the countryside and they looked like two small flocks of goats. They were outnumbered. Not by just a little bit. They were outnumbered by a long shot. Yeah. They were the under, under, underdog. Let's look at verse 28. The man of God came up. Ah, you can stop right there. I love it that the man of God still showed up. All right, let's, let's read the whole thing in its entirety. The man of God came up and told the king of Israel, this is what the Lord says. Because the Arameans think the Lord is a God of the hills and not a God of the valleys, I will deliver this vast army into your hands and you will know that I am the Lord. Who will know? You will know. See, here's the thing I need to un you to understand, and I, I, I've done this quick because we're pretty close to the end, but what I need you to understand is you thought and the devil thought that the reason why you succeeded because you was on the hill. But what God wants to show you that he can help you even when you're in the valley. Yeah. Now remember, the valley is an elongated depression. If I'm depressed one day, I can bounce back. But when the grief lasts longer than what I want it to last, when the marital trouble stays longer than I want it to stay, 
when my mind is messed up longer than I want it to be messed up. When, when my lust gets out of control longer than I want it to be. God says, I'm not just God on the mountaintop. I'm God in the valley. And I'm not trying to prove to the devil. I'm trying to prove to you that I'm good when things are up, but I'm good when things are down. I'm God when things are up, but I'm God when things are down. I'm God when gas is a dollar fifty, and I'm God when gas is five twenty-one. I'm the God of the hills, but I'm the God of the valley. And what's been happening in our life? We've been delivered simple. We've been in an elongated valley season. But God told me to tell you, He's still God, and He's still good. And he's a still a miracle worker. And he's still a way maker. He's still a promise keeper. And the fight's not over. But the fight is fixed. And I'm here to let you know you're going to win not just on the hill. But you're going to win in this current valley. Let's put this point up. All God is trying to prove to his people. Is that he's God not only when you're on the top, but also when you're down in the valleys of life. Yea, though I walk through the valley that is shadowed with death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they cover me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemy, my cup runneth over. He's still God. He still sits on the throne. He still has power in his hand. He still can work it out. He still can turn it around. He still can fix it up. He's still God. How about you high five a neighbor and say he's still God. He, he's still God. He, he's still God. Still, still God. He's trying to prove himself to you. He's trying to prove himself to you. Something that I've shared before, and I, I caught it after one of my favorite, one of my favorite chapters in Psalm 23. But I caught it years late. Been reading it 10, 15, 20 years. Caught it years late. I always focus on the rod and the staff, which is awesome. But it says that when the valley is shadowed with death but you can't have a shadow without some light so if there's a shadow there's got to be a light somewhere see if there's total darkness there is no shadow but if there's a shadow there's some light somewhere so guess what the s-o-n is still beside me the s-o-n is still with me and if god be for me who can be against me with your old ugly self, devil. I know who I am. I know who I serve. I know the God that I love. I know the God that's a deliverer. I know a God that can set me free. I know a God that can turn the thing around. And late in the midnight hour, God can turn it around. First Kings 20, 29. Read this verse. 
For seven days, they camped opposite each other. And on the seventh day, the battle was joined. The Israelites inflicted 100,000 casualties on the Aramean foot soldiers in one day. Seven days, they camped. In seven days, they got themselves together. And seven is the number of perfection and the number of God. And I'm here to let you know this valley is just perfecting you. This valley is just maturing you. This valley is making you get up and get stronger and get better. But when you come out and come swinging, a hundred thousand demons gonna fall. When you step out of your house, demons gonna fall to the ground. Cause God has been getting you ready for this day. I say it all the time, and I I, I got to say it again, Mother Rankin. I love this analogy. Let me say it one more time. I, I I'm, I'm reminded of of Daniel's son and Mr. Miyagi. My one of my favorite movies growing up, The Karate Kid. And Daniel's son thought when he was painting the fence and when he was waxing the car. He was wasting his time, but he was learning moves, and, and he was learning how to defend. I'm here to let you know, when you were crying, you were learning how to fight. When you were grieving, you were learning how to fight. When you were mourning, you were learning how to fight. When you were in debt, you were learning how to fight. When you were addicted, you were learning how to fight. And I'm here to let you know, one can chase a thousand, but two can chase ten thousand. And when we come together, the demons and the devils and the bullies they got to fall and they got to flee one more one more verse verse 30 the rest of them escaped to the city of Aphek where the wall collapsed on 27,000 100,000 of them got whooped a bunch of them ran and a wall fell on 20,000 of them. Guess what? The devils that escaped for you, God got something else to trap them up. Yes. Read some more. And Ben-Hadad fled to the city and hid in an inner room. Guess what? The one at the beginning of this sermon, the one that was talking all the stuff, running his mouth, the bully was hiding. Here's the last point. God is saying this is the season. That your main enemy will have to go into hiding. If you believe it, shout amen. I, I, I don't know what enemy or enemies you've been facing, but there usually is a main enemy. There's an enemy behind the enemies. There, 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 there's a major somebody coming after you. And in the story of the hills and valleys, it caused it an elongated depression. Maybe it's depression that's been your main enemy. But your main enemy about to go and hide. Because, ooh, I, I feel like, feel like rhyming. Your main enemy is about to go and hide because God is on your side. Somebody say that. We, say, my main enemy got to hide because God is on my side. My main enemy got to hide. Because God is on my side. Why don't you point at somebody else? Your main enemy got to hide. Because God is on your side. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Glory to God. Wow. 
while we were having our staff meeting, all our cameras stopped working. Had a fight to get it fixed at the last minute. Came over here Saturday night to take care of some stuff. It was a power outage in this area. Couldn't do nothing. Then at the staff meeting, all the cameras go out. We finally get everything together. But we have a main camera that's been missing this whole service. Because the devil always trying something. But he can't stop nothing. He might slow it. He might frustrate it. But he can't stop nothing. So guess what, devil? It still didn't stop the preaching anointing. Because you can't stop a thing. You about to hide because God is on our side. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. The gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us what this season means. It's proof to us. You're the God of the hills, but you're also the God of the valleys. You're God of the good times, but you're God of the bad times. You're God of the full times, but you're God of the lean times. So, God, we are going to process through this. We're going to learn how to be content. We're going to hold ourselves together. And we're going to take the revelation of verse 2022. And we're going to make sure we're always regrouping and never relaxing. Because we know the devil's going to always keep trying us. But we know for a fact and of a surety that the Lord is on our side. Now, God, if there's anybody here and online under the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus and the pardon of their sins. They may think they're not worthy, but they don't know that all of us are just people that got back up. We, we shouldn't be worthy. We couldn't be worthy. But because of the blood of Jesus, we just get back up. Some of us failed last night. Some of us failed this morning. Some of us failed this week, but we had the courage to get back up. And I want you to show these people that all they got to do is accept you in their heart and refuse to never, ever give up. So, Father God, I'll let them say these words and pray this prayer. Father God, come into my heart and into my life. Save me from my sins. Purify me. Wash me. And give me the courage to never give up. Because you will always be on my side from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.